Hazard Audio. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago, Sports Appeal. This is going to be a home run. I just know it because I can see into the future. With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. Welcome to Sports Appeal. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Steve Gross, and he's Matt Axelrod. You can find us every single week right here on podbean.com. Just search for Hazard Audio on there. You can also find us on the Rivet News Radio app or the Stitcher Radio app, both of those available on the iTunes App Store or Google Play. We'd love for you guys to tweet at us, get some Twitter interaction going. Our handle is at the Sports Appeal, or you can send us an email, sportsappealshow at gmail.com. You may have noticed that we have new intro music this week. We are now a full-service show, which means that we have a new band. We're going to do all of our music. Their name is Full Service. They're a fantastic band. You can find all their music on Spotify. As always, we're produced by Johnny Five, and we're powered by Hazard Audio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about some NFL offseason stuff, the potential of a Manny Pacquiao-Floyd Mayweather fight, finally. But we're going to start right now with the NBA. We talked about the slam dunk contest last week, Matt. Last night was actually the contest itself. What did you think? Were you impressed? I was. I watched, especially Zach Levine, I watched him and Oladipo just kill it. They were both great. That dunk by Zach Levine where he went behind the back, I hate getting caught up in the moment. I hope I'm not doing that now. I would consider that one of the top slam dunk contest dunks of all time. It was ridiculous. And we talked about beforehand, we talked about Zach Levine being the favorite. He delivered. All of his dunks were awesome. But my favorite was that behind-the-back dunk, too. And when you watch it full speed, you're like, oh, that was pretty cool. But then when you see it in slow motion, it just gives you a whole new appreciation for it. So I thought him and Oladipo was awesome, too. Oladipo was great. And I didn't realize that Zach Levine was as small as he is because he looks so lanky, and he gets up so much. Like, his head almost hit the rim on a couple of those dunks. He's only 6'5". To get that kind of elevation really speaks to the crazy athleticism that kid has. It's going to be really fun watching him in the league for years to come. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to participate every year, and he'll probably be the favorite every year because he just produces highlight reel after highlight reel of all of his dunks. I, I hope next year we can get him versus his teammate Andrew Wiggins in, in the dunk contest, because I think both of them are going to be really exciting to watch in that. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we can get some bigger stars in it next year. Speaking of stars, we're at the All-Star break. The All-Star game is actually today, but we want to take a look at the NBA to this point in the season. To you, Matt, what's been the most pleasant surprise in the NBA so far? Definitely the Atlanta Hawks for me. They've been yeah. a lot of fun to watch. They play great basketball. I know I was pretty down on them earlier. They're, I still think they're probably a second-round exit, but they are a phenomenal regular season team playing basketball the way it's supposed to be played with just attention to detail, effort, and really a sharing mentality to score the basketball. Yeah, I agree with you on that. that you know, They have four All-Stars, which is impressive just by itself. But the fact that they can all play together so well and there isn't really one guy that drives the team, I really love the way that they play. Another big surprise for me has been Milwaukee. They are the first team in NBA history to double their win total from the previous season before the All-Star breaks. Last season, they only had 15 wins and they had 30 before the All-Star break this season. They've been playing pretty well. They have, and they're doing it by a team effort as well. Especially impressive after they lost their uh, number two overall pick in the draft, Jabari Parker, to injury early in the season, which, as a side note, the injuries this season are so disappointing. Yeah. We've lost so many of these this highly touted draft class to injuries already for the season. It's very sad. Yeah, and but the Bucks have had a better record since Jabari Parker blew out his MCL. 
So it's a shame that he's not out there because he does make a difference. He hasn't been scoring that many points, but just the dynamic of him being on the court is great. Moving forward into the playoffs, who do you think comes out of the East and who comes out of the West? I got to go with the homer pick for the East. I think Chicago's going to come out on top. To me, it's a toss-up between them and Cleveland and even Washington, who, who Chicago does not match up well against. I could see any of those three teams coming out, but I got to go with Chicago. They're finally starting to play good basketball. They just won their last two games by a combined 30 points, uh, including one against Cleveland, uh, which was a very exciting game to watch if you had a chance to see that one. Tony Snell is coming on. He forced LeBron into eight turnovers and managed to score 22 points on 9 of 11 shooting. The kid is just playing great basketball the last couple weeks. So I think they've finally got everything clicking, firing on all cylinders, and I expect them to continue that through the rest of the season and into the playoffs and come out in the East. Now in the West, I think it's really a toss-up between Memphis and Portland. But Memphis, we've kind of seen this before. Everyone thinks they're going to be that ringer team, and then they just never quite pull it off. So i got to go with Portland. I think Portland really has what it takes. They've got a dominant big man. They've got a great point guard, and they are so clutch. Damian Lillard, if you need a shot to be made in the last couple seconds of a game, there's not a guy in the league this season that I trust more to make it than Damian Lillard. I think I understand your point about Memphis that, you know, we've seen this before. I think we've all been on the Memphis train at some point because they have so much potential on their team. But I think that they're going to come out of the West this year. And the biggest reason is Jeff Green. I know he hasn't been that great since they traded for him. He's averaging like 12 points a game or something like that with Memphis. But he has the potential to score 40 points in, in a night. We've seen him do it before, and he will do it again. So I think that his ability to be a catalyst for them when they don't have much else going on, I think is going to be huge for them. As far as the East, I'm going to disagree with you on Chicago. They have been playing a lot better lately, but I think I need to see a little bit more out of them before I really buy in. They've been really inconsistent this year. I mean, speaking of inconsistency, I'm going to go with Cleveland. They have been really good lately. They started the year off a little bit rough, but I think everyone was kind of expecting that with the, they have a brand new team, basically, all, all five players, except for Kyrie Irving. I think that they have been playing really well lately, and I think the Mozgov trade that they made, when they made it, I, was, I laughed pretty hard. They gave up two first-round picks for you know a seven-footer who, he's okay, not great, but I think you and I talked about this earlier, and you, you're right. He was what they needed. They needed a big physical presence down low right and that trades one of those weird situational ones where i think both teams won you got to think that the nuggets are laughing all the way to the bank getting two first round picks for timofey mozgov but at the same time he is what they needed he is a big missing piece and since they traded for him they've hardly lost any games yeah absolutely and the nuggets need the draft picks their team is they don't have very many nba players on their team right now i love ty lawson he's great but yeah moving on past the nuggets yeah, I'd like to see Cleveland in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'd love to see them play Washington. I think that would be a really fun series to watch, but it's hard to predict kind of how the bracket's going to shake out. And then in the West, I love Portland too, just like you said. I think Memphis and Portland in the Western Conference Finals would be a really entertaining matchup as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that Memphis-Portland would be a great Conference Finals. I hope that the seeding breaks down that way because you never know at this point of the season how everybody's going to seed out. But if that happens, and that is definitely what I'm rooting for because they are both such exciting teams and they play in a very different style. So yeah, I, they do. I, I think it would be a very compelling matchup, defense versus offense kind of thing. You've got those two great post players in Marc Gasol and Zach Randolph who play so well together and have such good chemistry, and they've been doing it at such a high level for several years now, versus LaMarcus Aldridge, who is really taking his game to another level, despite tearing a tendon in his thumb. Yeah. He's 
He's, if anything, playing better since that happened, which you do not expect to have happen. No, in the last couple of years, LaMarcus Aldridge has been a superstar. The last, the last two or three years, he really just came out of it. He came out of nowhere, kind of. He's been around the league, and he was always okay, but then all of a sudden he just exploded onto the scene. And a lot of the time he doesn't get enough respect for what he's doing, and it's finally starting to happen this year. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of exploding onto the scene, another pleasant surprise this year has been Hassan Whiteside. Our boy, we love watching this guy. Yeah, it's unreal. He's putting up superstar numbers. Now, let's see if he can continue it, but he reminds me a lot of Jeremy Lin with Lin Sanity a few years ago. He just came out of nowhere, got some time because of an injury, and playing at an incredibly high, almost superstar level. I think he has more staying power than Jeremy Lin, though. You know, with Lin, you always knew, even right from the get-go, that he was a little bit reckless. He was going to have his turnovers. He had to take a lot of shots. Whiteside just, he gets in there, he gets blocks, he gets rebounds. I think it's a lot more sustainable than Jeremy Lin. And he's a true seven footer, whereas Jeremy Lin's 6'3. You can't teach height. You know, he's <laughs> just got that advantage over most people. Yep. And uh, two other teams that are going to be competing in the West are the Houston Rockets and the LA Clippers. They were in our game of the week this week. We tweeted with you guys about it. It was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed doing that. So we're going to do it again this week. This week, the Sports Appeal Game of the Week is going to be North Carolina versus Duke on Wednesday night on ESPN. These two teams, they meet up every year, and it's always a classic fight. This is going to be great with Coach K going against Roy Williams. Carolina's coming off a tough loss to Pitt. They're kind of not having as good a year as everybody thought they would have. They're only 18-7. and seven. But Duke at 22-3 and three has been in a lot of tight games themselves. This is going to be a great game. So you guys dial up our Twitter page, interact with us during the game. Can't wait to watch it. With that, we're going to go to the Tweet Zone. We're going to throw it to our producer, Johnny Five, to read some tweets from you guys this week. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. Alrighty, our friend uh, Josh over here at Hops the Pug is tweeting us, where do you think Ndamukong Sue will wind up next season? I think that's probably the biggest or one of the biggest questions of the offseason. I think it's very likely he's going to go back to Detroit. Although they're only working with $15 million of cap space next year. So we'll see. They'll probably have to get pretty creative to hold on to him. Another big option, I think, is Indianapolis Colts. I would not be surprised to see him end up there. They have $35 million in cap space, and they really could use some more strength on the defense. So those would be my two bets, although the Bills would not be a shocker either. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right that he's going to end up back in Detroit. I think they'd be dumb to let him go. He's a great player. Everybody loves to hate Ndamukong Sue, but he's also the type of guy, like, if he was on your team, he'd be like, awesome. I can't wait to watch him play. So I think he's going to end up back in Detroit, but he has said he has interest in playing in New York. The Jets have a ton of cap space, and they're going to be looking for some defensive line depth. So that wouldn't shock me, but I do think he's going to end up in Detroit as well. So for our second segment in the Tweet Zone, it's actually not a tweet. It's an email that we received, and it was one of our listeners actually recorded his own question. Bobby from Colorado Springs recorded a question and emailed it to us, and here's what he had to say. Hey, Sports Appeal. This is Bobby out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Got a question for you guys. What do you think is going to make a bigger story? Peyton Manning coming back to the Denver Broncos or Marshawn Lynch retiring from the NFL? So it sounds like Peyton Manning is coming back. I guess it's not definite yet, but he's telling the Broncos that he's ready physically and mentally. So it sounds like he is coming back. Marshawn Lynch, we're still not really sure. He says he may retire. He may come back. His teammate Michael Robinson said, you know, they were asking him about it. He said, yeah, you know, at the end of the season, 
it's the, the old story where your body's breaking down. And, but he said, you know, it's beast mode, so who knows? That was his quote about it. Yeah, and the Seahawks have supposedly offered him a two-year deal at $10 million a year, which for a running back who's seen as much wear and tear as he has is a ton of money to turn down. But he's already made a pretty good amount of money in his career, and he has back problems that there really is no treatment for. I think he had cartilage damage in his back. He's just playing through it, and he's such a beast that he's been able to play through it. But the question he's got to ask himself is, is it worth $10 million a year for him to continue doing that? And he might decide that it's not. He might, but you know, I, I kind of expect both players to be back. To answer Bobby's question, which would be a bigger story, I think Marshawn Lynch would be definitely be a bigger story if he ended up retiring. You know, Peyton Manning coming back is nice. He's one of the greats of all time, and you know, it's, it'll be good to have him in the league again. We'll see how well he holds up. But I think Marshawn Lynch retiring, you know, especially at a relatively early stage of his career, kind of like Barry Sanders, I mean, they're nowhere near the same player, but it would be a shame to miss out on a couple more years of him. Right. I'm kind of over it with the whole Peyton Manning thing, too. Like, he is still a very good player, but he's had some pretty much super teams the last few years on the Broncos, and he has yet to win a Super Bowl with them. So I'm kind of losing hope, whereas I would not be surprised to see the Seahawks back in the Super Bowl again next year or in the next couple of years. I don't think that's going to happen with the Broncos. Yeah, totally agree. If Marshawn Lynch retires, the Seahawks are, I don't know what they're going to do at running back, so... It's definitely more impactful if he would retire, but I don't think he's going to. We're going to go to break right now. This is the Sports Appeal with Steve Gross and me, Matt Axelrod, every week on Podbean.com, the Rivet News Radio app, and the Stitcher Radio app. We'll be right back. Hazard Audio. Hey, Johnny Five here, producer of Sports Appeal. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the show, you can email us at hazardradio.audio at gmail.com or call 516-770-7120. That's 516-770-7120. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Appeal. As always, we're your hosts. I am Steve Gross. That guy over there is Matt Axelrod. You can find us every week right here on podbean.com. Search for Hazard Audio and you'll find us. You can also get us on the Rivet News Radio app or the Stitcher Radio app, both available on the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Tweet at us at the Sports Appeal or email us sportsappealshow at gmail.com. Matt, I want to start with the story about the Jackie Robinson West Little League team. This is a really sad story that these kids won the American championship in Little League and they lost in the finals to South Korea, but they're now being stripped of their American title because they had players from outside their district lines. Yeah, it is a sad story. I feel bad for the kids, but I do think that stripping the title was the right move. The adults that cheated, they had players that they shouldn't have had on the team to create a super team. They shouldn't have been allowed to do that in the first place, so their winning wasn't valid. I don't know, man. It's Little League. Like Since the beginning of time, Little League teams have been stealing players from the next town over to try to be a little bit better. You know, you see it with high schools, too. It's like, oh, yeah, I you know, pretend to live here or they moved just to be on a certain team. This kind of thing happens all the time. But, you know, now that a team who did it actually wins something, it becomes a big deal. I think that's right, though. It sucks. It really does suck. But I don't see any better alternative. You have to disincentivize teams from doing that in the future, I think, is one of the big issues here. 
I do like, on a side note, that Mayor Rahm Emanuel, I think it's kind of a cynical political move on his part, most likely, but he said he's awarding the team championship rings to essentially, it sounds like, make up for having the title stripped. And I think that's great for them. I think that'll be a nice sort of consolation prize for the kids to help them get over the sting of this because they didn't do anything wrong. They just went out and played their hearts out as far as anybody's been able to tell so far. None of the kids knew that the rules were being fudged for them. Can you imagine being the team from Las Vegas that lost to Jackie Robinson West in the American Finals? They now get the championship. But I don't know, wouldn't you kind of feel like, yeah, we get the championship, but we didn't really win. We kind of got our butts kicked. Right. That is weird to get that kind of consolation prize, to get the the real prize, rather, after having come to terms with losing. Yeah, and it's happening all the way down. Every team that they beat, you know, at the district level and a state level or however it works, all of those teams are now getting championships. So, you know, there's a bunch of kids getting some kind of trophy that they weren't expecting. That's weird. I'm not sure how I want to feel about that, honestly. It's just a depressing story. I, I wish that it hadn't happened. I wish that they had won it legit. Legitimately, but they didn't, and so they're they're losing the title. Yeah, it's just a dark mark on a, a really nice story. So it's something that's not depressing, something that we've been waiting for for a very long time. The better part of a decade, really. It sounds like Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather are finally finally going to fight. I cannot wait to see this. Right. I wish I hadn't had to wait so long. I wish I could have seen this six or seven years ago when they were both at the peaks of their careers, but it still should be an excellent fight. They're still both very, very good boxers, and Mayweather is still undefeated. It looks like the purse is going to be $250 million, of which Mayweather will get 60%. Now, it's not 100% set in stone yet. Reports I've read are that Manny Pacquiao has signed. He's 100% all in. And Floyd Mayweather has agreed in principle, but hasn't actually signed the paperwork yet. So we'll, we should know soon whether that's happening for sure. But it looks all but confirmed. Yeah, it's not set in stone yet, but it does look like it's going to happen. And like you said, it's probably five years too late. It's still going to be a huge event. Like Everyone's going to watch this thing on pay-per-view. But I met five years ago when they were both at the height of their careers, would have been awesome. Five years ago, I would have bet my house on Manny Pacquiao to win this fight. Now I'm kind of leaning towards Mayweather because Pacquiao seems to be aging a little bit more than Floyd does. Right, I I agree. And Pacquiao's lost a couple fights, including one very convincingly in the interim, whereas uh, Mayweather has not lost any fights yet. He is still undefeated, which is incredibly impressive. So let's move on to uh, the NFL offseason. You know, NFL season is never over. We're going to talk about Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, the top two quarterback draft prospects for this year's draft. Which one of these guys do you think is going to be a better pro? I think Mariota is going to be a better pro. I think Winston comes in with a more pro-ready skill set, but Mariota seems like the guy, he's the straight shooter. He's the one with the good work ethic. And I think he'll be able to adapt his game to the pros better. I disagree. You know, I, I know Jameis Winston has his character issues, and you know a lot of people are really worried about that because he just doesn't seem to be learning. And the whole Johnny Manziel thing kind of has people afraid of that type of player. But I just like Jameis Winston's skill set so much more. The style of play that they ran at Florida State was much more pro style than Oregon. You know, Mariota had some really simple reads. If the defense lines up like this, then you go here. The defense lines up like that, then you have this option or that option. And that was about the extent of it. So I I think he's going to have a bigger adjustment to make going into the NFL. But he has been working a lot with actually the Browns, not yet, quarterbacks coach, Kevin O'Connell. They haven't officially hired him yet, so he can work with Marcus Mariota. Which some other teams are pretty pissed about. Yeah, they are. I don't know if he's still going to be around. The Browns don't pick until 10th. 
So they're going to have to trade up, I think, if they want to get Mariota. As for Jameis Winston, I'm not too impressed. Like, yeah, he had some really good games, some great comebacks, but 25 touchdowns and 18 interceptions in college, those are some pretty worrying numbers. To throw that many picks at the college level when he should be a lot better than the other players around since he is a first-round draft prospect, that's a big, big red flag for me. Yeah, I agree with that, but I watched a few of his games this year, and a lot of his interceptions were in the first half of games. You know, he was much better in the second half, which just tells me that he's coachable. You know, he went in at halftime, and they made adjustments, and they said, Jameis, you know, here's what we're seeing, here's what we need to do, and he was able to make those adjustments. So I think that really speaks a lot to his coachability. Mariota, like I said, just with the simple reads, and then the games that I watched him play, he was sailing a lot of long balls. Like he would just—he was overthrowing a lot of the long passes, and that makes me really worried at that pro level. You might be right, and I mean, we'll see. That's the thing you always say about sports. You can have a great idea how something's going to go down and then just be completely wrong, and that's why we play the games. That's why they do it. Speaking of things that have gone completely wrong, the Rams looks like they're going to hold on to Sam Bradford who I'm not sure he's played a full season since he was a sophomore in college. I don't know, man. The Rams, if I were them, I'd be ready to move on. I think the Rams fans are ready to move on. But there's not really any better options out there, I think, is the problem. Okay, so yeah, there's there's not going to be a better option for them. And there really aren't any great free agent quarterbacks to pick from. So I think you kind of have to stick with Bradford for the one more year. And I, if I recall correctly, that's all he's got left on his deal anyway. So maybe reevaluate things after next season. Yeah, their free agent options are basically Mark Sanchez, Josh McCown, Brian Hoyer. You know, those guys are okay, but so is Sam Bradford. And when Sam Bradford does play, he produces. You know, he's a right. pretty decent quarterback. It's just his inability to stay healthy that really I would move on from him. But like I said, they don't really have a lot of options. Anytime you're talking about moving on from a quarterback, especially, you need to have another option. And they really just don't. So I guess so I, could, I, I, guess, I agree I, with the move. I guess they could go with Austin Davis, their backup, who you know kind of exploded onto the scene this year and then kind of tapered off. You know, his first few games he was awesome, and then after that, not so great. But you know, maybe another year of development. Maybe he is a starter. Who knows? I have some Rams fan friends that are very high on Austin Davis and think that he does have what it takes to be a good pro quarterback. But I think some time on the bench behind a, a starter and learning from Sam Bradford, who does play well when he's healthy. He does make the right decisions for the most part mm-hmm. and is a talented pocket passer, yeah. even though he doesn't really bring the running game that's all the rage now to the table. I think that would be a good thing for him, and they could turn him into a starter. Yeah, absolutely. And even if Bradford does get hurt when somebody looks at him the wrong way, he can still help kind of coach Austin Davis. So, you know, them holding on to Sam Bradford, I think, is a fine idea. Matt, you ready to do some sports madness? Yeah, let's take this sports madness. Sports madness. Our first item is Ryan Tannehill of the Miami Dolphins managed to top Dan Marino's franchise records for both total completions and completion percentage this past season. I love this story. I love that he's breaking Dan Marino's records. I hate Dan Marino so much. Growing up as a Jets fan, he just tortured me throughout my childhood, so I'm happy to see some of his records fall. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is a really underrated quarterback. I think he he had a good season this year, and if you watch him play, he's really athletic. He can get around the edge of the line. He's really fast on the run. So I really like watching Tannehill play, and I'm always happy to see anything Dan Marino go down. That's fine with me. Moving on to our next Sports Madness story, I love this one. This is about Dr. J, Julius Irving, who's been one of the best NBA players of all time and one of the original dunkers, too. He agrees with us. Like, we talked last week about the slam dunk contest going downhill, and he thinks that it's lost a lot of its luster, too. 
but not for the reasons that you might think. He thinks it's the mascot's fault. He says that the mascots messed it up. It was great seeing regular human beings, even though they were six foot six, 250 pounds, running and dunking a basketball. When mascots started doing it with all the trampolines and all the crazy stuff and falling on the floor, then it became more like the X Games. So it's the mascot's fault that the slam dunk contest sucks. It's not because there's no stars in it. What's he talking about? He's got to be joking, right? <laughs> I like, don't think so. Mascots don't do the dunk contest. They just, during commercial breaks, they entertain the people at the stadium. And by the way, they got some good moves. I love seeing Benny the Bull do that, even if he does have to use a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely true. You know, they just go out there at halftime and entertain the crowd. Yeah, I don't know what Dr. J is talking about. He was a judge in last night's slam dunk competition, so hopefully he saw Zach Levine and Oladipo raise the bar back up to where it should be. And those two guys didn't use any props, by the way, which is one of the things that we talked about. So it was nice to see them doing some kind of old school, you know, natural dunks without using all the props that we really hate. Right. And, and I hope they can use this as a good uh, jumping off point, so to speak, uh, <laughs> and and keep moving in the right direction with the dunk contest because it, it was really good this year. It, it returned to form. The last few years were really lackluster. And I was actually, I was kind of went into it saying, is it going to be any good this year? I know Zach Levine's going to be good, but I, I finished watching that and was just stoked. I thought it was a ton of fun to watch again, and I'd love to see Zach Levine back in it, and I just hope that they can use this momentum. I really hope that the mascots stop dunking so Dr. J can rest easy at night. (laughs) Before we go out this week, I would like to throw a shout-out to my lovely fiancé. We're celebrating four years together today. She's far too pretty for me. She doesn't really like sports that all that much, so I really appreciate all of her love and support while I'm here doing this on our anniversary. So, Tiffany, I love you. Uh, I'll be home soon. That's all the time we have for Sports Appeal with your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axrod. We're here every week on podbean.com. Just search for Hazard Audio. Also on the Rivet News Radio app and the Stitcher app, both available on the iTunes Store and Google Play. Tweet us at the Sports Appeal or send us an email at sportsappealshow at gmail.com. Produced, as always, by the stellar Johnny Five and powered by Hazard Audio. Music is provided by full service throughout the show. All of their music can be found on Spotify and a song to play us out by full service called Greetings from Beyond. Hazard Audio. I live